I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today's Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me Hilary Deshane. Yes. Here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Hillary, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths? Yes, thanks, Leanna. Well, hello, friends. I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be here. I write cozies because I is a cozy reader, and I know we have lots in common, and I'm sure that Leanna is going to walk us through the ways that if we ever run into each other on the street, we'll be instant friends. (laughs) Oh, I hope so, because I love making new friends, and cozies are such a great community. Yes. So my first question, is any of your writing inspired by your actual life? Uh, (laughs) Yes. Um, Actually, yes. Um, Well, first of all, I have, um, I'm the parent of two fur kids. Uh, Currently, my supervising editor, Ambrose, the Siamese, and uh, Jocko, the Black Lab, who is our morale officer. And... (laughs) And so uh, I've been an animal owner, uh, let's see, six decades now. And um, so they're all day, every day, my animals inspire me. And then outside that, um, I'm retired from law enforcement. And that certainly gives me additional um, background or foundation in some of the the criminal things and then on top of everything else i i guess i just have a morbid uh sense of humor and <laughs> you know crimes interest me I, I spent many years serving as a court officer and so the investigative point of evidence how do you prove something or if i'm planning a crime i always start with the 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 crime the murder usually and then how would I prove this or how would I hide it? And so that real life um, experience and training definitely plays a huge part in my writing. That's great. I actually, I'm a cozy author myself and I just find it hard not to put a little bit of myself into my books. Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Well, and I think um, I think it's commitment. I I I wouldn't. I don't write things. I don't ask my readers to allow me their precious time and attention unless I'm writing something that that I, I would want to give headspace to. And so um, I. I I think a lot of us cozy writers and readers have a real commitment to um, the story, to writing a really great story. And so it's that commitment. So you and I, we've talked about that. We, we put our, we not only put our effort, our sweat equity into it, writing it, but we invest our mental energy and our love into it. And I hope that communicates itself to the reader. Absolutely. That that is one of the big hopes with writing in general, really, is does our books connect? Does our books connect? Oh, <laughs> I know. I is a writer. 
I'm, I'm there. I, use your words. <laughs> Do our books connect with the reader? Right. Um, do our books give that feeling of the the community, the the you know the love in ways that yeah. cozies express for these small towns, small settings, right. and and the characters? Because uh, now, granted, uh, cozy is a a, a perennial uh, and. As times change, history affects us. the The genre is is not static, and you're you're seeing daughter subgenres. But wouldn't you say that that at the beating heart of the of cozy mysteries is characters? We want we readers want to be in the midst of a community and a group of characters. And even though they may not all be uh, admirable or people that are gonna be our natural friends, it's still about connecting, getting to know other people. Absolutely, absolutely. So on this track, would you have any advice for those who would wanna write their own cozies or mysteries in general? <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, actually I, I do. Um, and, and the, the first one, uh, comes, if I think it's true in any, any, any genre, read, read your genre and read subgenres and read widely outside your genre. You should know the literary forefathers and foremothers of, of your own genre but also you should be pretty well read, uh, meaning you start to absorb what works and what doesn't. And I personally think that is a better education than, um, I, I do a fair amount of, of mentoring and, and have done a fair amount of teaching in the past. And you have newer writers come in and the, they've got a head full of rules. I heard that you must never do this. You must always do that. Well, you know, always and never, except for death and taxes, probably. Mm. But what you want to do is um, be on the upper side of mid-range, right? And uh, they used to call it mental golf, right? The more you're around good writing, the more you smell it and feel it and emulate it. So read a lot, know your genre. Um, gosh, um, get to know other writers. The old thing about the starving act, the starving uh, lonely writer in the garret who only comes out once <laughs> a year on Christmas Eve. Uh, writing is a, is a relational thing because you know, the book that you write and the book that I read the book I read of yours is different than the book my neighbor reads. We, we negotiate the actual text between us. So it is a communal thing. And, and also um, upstream of that, writers do write in community. Uh, I, I can't sit next to every reader who's bought my book and said, oh, what I really meant was. <laughs> so you need other writers 
you know, iron sharpens iron. Build a good writing community of trust. It doesn't happen overnight. People who are invested in your success and you're invested in theirs and then help each other develop into the best writer you can be. And I think between those two things, you're probably going to do okay. And that is some great advice. And I completely agree with the reading. Well, I agree with both of them. But reading and learning about the four writers of whatever your genre is. For me, the mystery genre. I thought, okay, I've read a few Cat Who books. I'm fine. But now I've gotten into... Um, Mary Roberts Reinhardt, Todd Downing, Agatha, yeah. well, not so much Agatha Christie. I've, uh, I'm about to lose my mystery uh, membership uh, right here, but <laughs> I uh, find Agatha Christie slightly boring. <laughs> okay. Um, P.D. P. James. Um, and, you know, the, the thing about um, writing mysteries, cozies, thrillers, suspense, uh we're we're all kind of uh planets in the same solar system so here's some other fabulous uh writers such as ray bradbury mm. ray bradbury was a giant uh among american writers and internationally acknowledged mm -hmm. and he wrote everything from you know kind of edging into the horror genre to very sweet and touching um, character examinations. But that man could hook you, right? Hook you in the first couple of paragraphs, don't we all need that? And uh, create an identification with a character, uh, interest in a setting and pull you along. Our, that's what we all wanna do. So, you know, there's another writer for you. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that'll always hook me in a book is the first line. Mm -hmm. Like Voyage of the Dawn Shredder. Mm -hmm. His name was Eustace. I can't remember the whole thing. He was his name was Eustace and he almost deserved it. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> I know. Beautiful. There, and... there are some some writers that you stop and you read over, they're just tasty right yes yeah uh, even like a, the one i mentioned before todd downing he captured the setting of a hot texas summer within the first few lines and it's like i want to write like this this is awesome yeah yeah and that's what we i think that's true in any discipline um whether it's tennis or writing uh we need to see what the goal not only the goal is it's not enough to say i want to write better i want to be a better tennis player you have to see what that is and and what it feels like and so just as you said liana you know with downing it's like oh i can feel it see it read it that's what i want to do aspire to right so while we're on the topic of books and what makes them great 
Do you have a favorite character or would you get in trouble with your other characters? Oh man. Oh my gosh. Um, so favorite character of mine? Yes. Uh all. Um so as a writer, you're probably you've had the same experience. So uh a writer's life for those of you who are listening who maybe um aren't in the publication um, assembly line, you're you're writing, uh, you're always got it, probably at least three books going on at the same, same time, uh, meaning there's the draft you're actually writing, what we call a whip or word in, uh, work in progress. There's the one that's done and now you're editing and um, preparing for publication and then on the beginning of the pipeline, because you got to keep the widgets moving down, <laughs> you've got uh, you're you're drafting, you're outlining a new story, and then in between all that time, because our writer brains never shut off or shut up, um, there you're always like, oh, what is that? Or you hear overhear someone's conversation, and you like for me, it's like, oh, I could kill someone that way. Let me think about <laughs> that all the time. Um, and I have uh, a number of friends who are still working law enforcement or are physicians, and I'll call them up and say, "Hey, I, you know, if I if I uh, killed someone with a swizzle stick that I just got, uh, you know, could I hide it this way? And what would be the symptoms and that sort of thing?" So I've got a lot of it's like a cocktail party in my head all the time. A lot of characters in there, and then you're writing marketing copy, doing interviews. I I still freelance. I pay my bills with. Um, I do um, feature journalism. So you're doing all that. So sometimes characters uh, that thought they were in the pipeline to get on the page have to be put on hold. They have to stay in the green room. And and so sometimes they're polite about that. And sometimes they wake me up and they're jabbering. Um, <laughs> my, my, I would have to say my favorite character is in my second book, Throw a Dog, A Dead Man's Bone. Um, and that's the one that that won the um, Cat Writers of America Best Mystery Award uh, a couple of years ago. The um, main animal character there, the point of view character named Grim or Pilgrim, was based on um, uh, my old dog, um, uh, Nathan, who had since passed away. And Nathan was just the most noble, wonderful character and Grimm, the character based on him, um, you know, do dogs, I just hope I did him justice. So I would have to say that, that Grimm, Pilgrim, yeah, just, he was just a heart dog. So, but I've got some more coming up because I have a new series coming that I want to start in the, the spring. And I, I also have a heart horse. And so I'm looking <laughs> for getting her on the page. So. I have a future character that's also a favorite. <laughs> How about that? Well, <laughs> that is very relatable. Very, very relatable. Because I've got like, okay, like you said, multiple projects. I just finished Nano mm -hmm. in two weeks. For those of you who don't know, Nano is National Novel Writing Month. <laughs> so I just finished that project in a ridiculous two weeks. Do you, <laughs> do, you have, 
Do you have fingers left or are they worn to nubbins? <laughs> I have fingers left. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's waiting to go to the editor. I started the sequel to that book. And I'm also co-writing a book with another author. Yeah, I'm constantly flitting between universes and they're starting to meld. Yes. <laughs> Very much. I, I find do you do you find someone will um so I'm I'm fortunate enough to do a fair amount of public speaking and not so people come up to me and said, Oh, I read this book. I, tell me how so how did so and so figure out thus and so? And I'm like, uh I you know, once they're done, half the time I don't read it's like, okay, what was that title again? And, and uh, <laughs> so it's a cocktail party going on here and right all the time and then there's all the material right Lana there's all the material that you you drafted in your first draft and it didn't make the it didn't make the cut so so sometimes readers may not realize um so we write we have word uh word count targets and so some genres, your word count could be, gosh, high fantasy, what, 200,000, right? Monster doorstops. And in cozy <laughs> mysteries, um, you know, 70 to 80,000 is kind of standard, but there's a lot in the 40, 50,000 word, which is short. And novellas are popular. So long, what that means is you could write some really great, exciting, fun scenes. But if you're trying to to stuff 70,000 words into what's got to be a 50,000 word um, uh, cover and, and package, stuff has to go. You have to make hard choices. And so sometimes those scenes, you love them. And you're, you know, they're orphans. And I'm always looking at, well, could I put it in a short story? Could I spin it off into a sequel? Could I put you know, tweak the characters and make that a, a, a new, fresh short story or even a new book. So it's hard, hard to cut those things down. Um, and you still love that stuff. It doesn't mean you cut it because it you didn't like it. And I know what you mean with that. Um, there have been, I'm trying to remember, there was one story I wrote where I really wanted to put a certain scene in. Well, I tried putting it in. I'm a right by the seat of your pants author. And my characters did not like the scene as much as I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, fine, fine. This yeah. pretty scene that I wanted here will wait. <laughs> that is, and that is so, it, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that, Lana. That is so true. And, uh, you know, if you want to loop back to advice for newer writers is if you write a scene and it's it you know it functions and it and it advances the plot and um you know mechanically it works but it just doesn't feel right you know it's it that is uh, that i think that's an instinct you should listen to and particularly, like, if your dialogue of your characters, it feels like you're doing stage directing. He went here, 
he touched this, he opened that, and it's not flowing. It could very well be your inner writer, your character is saying, I'm sorry that I'm doing this under protest. This isn't me. <laughs> and um, I, I heard a definition once of a, of a writer as being a functional schizophrenic. <laughs> because we not only have voices in our heads, we talk with them and they tell us stuff. And you start to hone that inner ear where no matter how badly you need that um, section of the plot moved along, it, it's not organic. I like organic is a good way, is a way I use it. If it, it just, um, what, what will, let's see, readers, or if, if it's, if it's a screenplay, you're, um, you know, it's just like a cardboard character or they'll say, oh, it's just a plot device. I don't, I don't ever want that. And one guard against that is if it's not organic and that means your characters are just, you're kind of having to force them to do it, which means you shouldn't do it. Get, get that information in some other way. But yeah, those, those pesky characters, sometimes they know best. <laughs> yeah, not unfortunately. Always. Yeah, not always. <laughs> not always. But there are times, for me at least, where it's like, I'll do something that didn't feel right to the character. All of a sudden, they become a petulant two-year-old and yep. cause writer's block. Very much. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, fine, we will have a sit down. What did I do wrong? <laughs> well, or or you have the situation where, um, particularly with... with um, Anything that's that's heavily plotted, meaning it's it's got a uh, problem plot, so a mystery, a thriller. There's a puzzle to be solved. Um, you can go, you know, ears flat, ninety miles an hour straight ahead because you've got, you know, I can do this, I can do this, and you get to the end and you read it and go, oh my gosh, but how did they know? And you miss one thing because all of your characters, you're all jammed along and you've got this dialogue, the relationships are great. And there's there's a hole, there's a plot hole, right? And and it's like a, a you know, ball of yarn all of a sudden, you know, or a snag and a carpet, a tapestry, and then you have to go all the way back to zero <laughs> and catch the end of that thread where it broke. So sometimes characters are, are like... Um, Oh, yeah, 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 this is great. You know, it's that old thing about uh, hold my, uh, someone will say, bet you can't do it. Hold my beer. Watch me. That's, <laughs> that's dangerous, too. And I, I have yes. some. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's like sometimes you need to rein them in. <laughs> oh, the second book in my series. Oh, my gosh. I had it all laid out for a certain killer. Yeah. Oh, no. Character over here who was supposed to be a nice little side character comes in like Kuzco from Emperor's New Groove, kicks in the door and says, I'm here. It was me. Wow. And, like, and it's like, dude, the clues were not set up for you. <laughs> now, so in a situation like that, were you able, because your brain created all that, were you able to go back and use your original intended killer as the red herring? Or did you have to completely replot? Um, it was not as a red herring, but as a, a side 
uh, almost a sub sidekick, not okay. sub sidekick, but it was like there. It turned out to be like there's two characters who are in on it. So there was the killer, and then their little sidekick forced into the situation person. So it makes it more complex then. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Isn't it funny the way some, when that works and it's <laughs> almost like, well, I did that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yay me. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm secretly near brilliant. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And then your characters go on to the next book and you're just like, I am stupid. <laughs> It is, it's um, very humbling. Yes. Very humbling. Or or someone will, uh, uh, you'll get a review or a critique or even just someone who's read it, you know, book sign, they'll say, I always wondered, so I, you know, I accept how you worked it out, but I always wonder, how come you didn't blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, it's like, uh, I, I don't know. I just wasn't that smart that day. <laughs> I'll make a note for next time. I can't remember. There was a thing I saw once that, and in the scenario, it was, it was like a superhero cartoon or something where the character says, being a superhero is the only job where you can get complimented and insulted at the same time. And now that you think about being a writer, uh, nope, not the only job. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we're we're so yes, we're we're so in that space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure we have many stories to share along that line. Oh yes, just look at an Amazon critique <laughs> page. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, yes, <laughs> love the book. But it arrived from the shipper damaged one star. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, I can't control that it ended up damaged. You don't do one star for the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, which is another thing for young writers is, or newer writers is get used to the fact that everyone is a critic and you'll be <laughs> criticized for everything. And that's part of the job you're signing up for. And it, you have to, you have to learn. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to say I have a thick skin. I think I've just learned how to have a nice face and then go and talk myself. <laughs> hey, it's the job. Um, yeah, you, that happens, but that's also a good reason. Um, I know as a buyer of books or a reader, I look, I tend to look at um, reviews. I look at the outliers. I look at the five stars and the one stars because I want to know what readers are loving and what they're hating. And, um, and in the one star, sometimes you'll see things like we just talked about, love this book, uh, you know, pack, cover was wrinkled and you learn that you are only as great or as terrible as your last review and most of them are 
uh, you know, ephemeral. Don't, don't, don't believe your best or your worst reviews. Great advice. Well, I am running out of time, running short on time. This has been great talking with you. Love I do have you. one more question. Um, how can my snoops and sleuths follow you? Because it has been so much fun. I'm sure they're going to want to. Yes. Well, thank you. So uh, uh, on my uh, Amazon author page at Hillary Deshane, and I, I know it's 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 not spelled intuitively, but uh, if you if you put in H I L L A R I Deshane D E S C H A N E, or um, throw a dog a dead man's bone, no one's got that title, <laughs> and you'll find me and follow me. I'm also on Facebook and my website HillaryDeshane.com. Uh, you can sign up for my newsletter, which is called the Forensics Team Report, and that's Fur Forensics Team. And I've got a book coming out next one for Christmas. Here's the cover, which is uh, A Christmas Stocking, which is the second in the Cats of Christmas series, uh, Regency set. And it's uh, a cracking good mystery, classic locked room murder mystery, which is solved by a fabulous heroic tuxedo cat with a little something extra in the way of giftedness and you'll love it you'll love him and uh, I encourage you to check out the backlist and there's more coming in the spring oh that book sounds great and I will be sure to include the link in the show's notes appreciate that thanks Liana this has been delightful and I hope everyone has a fabulous Thanksgiving Day, there's always something to be thankful for. And today I'm especially thankful to make a new friend with all of you and spend time with you, Liana. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, Snoops and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on The Cozy Sleuth. And I'd like to thank you all for joining me on this journey of making the show great. If you want to hear Cozy Mysteries read by live actors, check out The Cozy Mystery Rats Maze wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy. I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me Emily Fluke, here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Emily, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths? Yes, I love the title of the podcast, by the way, because I like to call myself a sarcastic sleuth. Uh, because that's kind of my vibe of my books. I have been writing cozies for a little bit now. Uh, but I started with urban fantasy and a little bit more intense mysteries. Still follow the same path of the sarcastic main character and the sarcastic sleuth. All my characters are a mom. And that's another part of my author brand. As I say that I write sarcastic moms solving supernatural mysteries. So my series, the Mari Fable Mysteries, which is a little more intense than cozy and um, is the one that's more urban fantasy based. And then I also have the Bewitcher's Beach Paranormal Cozy Mysteries, which are very cozy and fun and quirky, kind of like Gilmore Girls meets Netflix's Wednesday. And I do have one standalone called Garden Party Ghostess. That's more clue comedy meets paranormal cozy mystery. Oh, I love the titles of those books. And I love talking with another paranormal cozy author. I'm technically in that wheelhouse too. <laughs> love it. Yep. Ghosts and all vampires, all the fun stuff. I'm here for it. 
elves, centaurs, satyrs, yep. <laughs> all the mythic stuff. That's what you find in mine. So, oh, I love it. Yeah, more of the like higher fantasy too. I just finished bookshops and bone dust, and I just love that whole genre as well. The cozy fantasies. <laughs> Isn't that just such a fun kind of clash of worlds almost? I mean. You look at cozies and you expect like the Jessica Fletcher, uh, small town in Maine that somehow miraculously keeps its population up. <laughs> right. <laughs> All those deaths. <laughs> so you don't really expect the elves, the witches, the vampires, the... That's really true. And that's why I think it's so much fun. It's so much fun for me to uh, basically the whole premise of my main character in my Bewitcher's Beach series is that she's a werewolf who can smell people's emotions. So it's not always accurate, but she tries to smell when people are guilty, you know, they're feeling fear or whatever. She's got a different scent for each one. And it's just been really fun and imaginative to write. Oh, that sounds like it. I have one of the mythic races in my book is uh, a naga which is a half human half snake and they see people's auras like a snake would see heat so they look at a person and they can see oh this person's kind of shady this <laughs> i love that yep and then everybody of course in a cozy mystery has a secret to hide so then it's like uncovering each person's reason for being shady <laughs> right so is any of your writing inspired by your actual life? I think you touched on that just a little bit. <laughs> I definitely did. So my main characters are all moms because that is what I really wanted to read. And that is, you know, I'm a mom, of course. My kids are still fairly young. So my other, my older series really bases more on like the baby side of motherhood. And then now I'm branching out. I'm doing all kinds. I have my uh, gar garden party ghost. This is like Gilmore Girls, where she's a single mom and she's got her one teenage daughter. Um, and then Bewitcher's Beach is kind of in between that. Also a single mom, but she has four. I call them puppies because she's a werewolf. Um, obviously, they're children most of the time, but every once in a while, they shift into their werewolf form. <laughs> so yeah, that the mom side is definitely inspired um, by my life. I love puzzles and escape rooms. I've done tons of escape rooms. So that's where the mystery side comes in. Of course, I'm not thankfully solving any murders in my own life. <laughs> uh, but if there was in my small town, because I actually recently did move to a small town, I would jump right in and be the amateur sleuth. <laughs> oh, I love it. And it's always so... I don't want to say difficult, but it's so fun to put our own lives into our books. I gave my main character my love of classic movies and, of course, chocoholic tendencies. <laughs> nice. I love it. <laughs> and then you can really draw on that. You know exactly how it feels to be craving chocolate. and You can describe it so well. <laughs> right. So what advice would you give? those who want to start writing or start writing cozy specifically um for both of those just reading a ton and then if you're doing cozy specifically reading a ton in the genre i know for me personally i get really influenced by the stuff that i read and the stuff that i watch so i do have to be careful 
not to wa- go watch some really intense thriller show, uh, you know, too much right as I'm sitting down to draft a new book because I don't want it to come out too, too dark or too heavy. Um, so I actually went and got, you know, the Hallmark Channel and I watched tons of the cozy mysteries and then that's all I was buying at the bookstore was cozy mysteries just to make sure I was really steeping myself in the whole vibe um so I think that that works that way with any genre um and then overall just reading a lot is the best place to start because if you're absorbing it all it makes it so much easier to start writing it and then the next thing I think most important thing would be to probably build a nice little community of other writers, aspiring writers and readers around you so that you can get feedback and not feel so alone because writing kind of is a, can feel lonely, like a lonely endeavor. Um, But building a little community around yourself makes it so much easier. Right. Which makes me so glad that I've, I joined uh, Cozy Mystery Village on Facebook. That is been so much fun interacting with other cozy mystery authors one of the few places you can go to your fellow cozy authors and not think okay this question could get me reported by the police right (laughs) very true it's so much fun to chat with other people who just love the same thing the same tropes and same kind of quirky characters Speaking of characters, do you have a favorite character in your books or would you get in trouble with your other characters? Oh, that's a great question because I just (laughs) finished book six, which is the final book of my Mari Fable Mysteries. So that's my one that's a little bit darker, a little bit heavier. I wouldn't quite call it cozy. Um, They are fairy tale mysteries and, you know, original fairy tales are quite dark and they're based on the originals, not the Disney version. So they do get a little (laughs) bit darker. If I said she wasn't my favorite character and her name is Mari Fable, I would definitely get in trouble with her. But recently, now that I'm really into Bewitcher's Beach and my um, sleuthing werewolf, I would say the werewolf is my favorite. She's just so much fun. She's a 90s mom. So I get to relive all of the 1990s nostalgia that I grew up with. Um, And she's just a lot of fun to play with in the creative way of her sniffing out things and shifting into her werewolf form and how she gets into trouble because she's kind of, you know, the impatient personality. So I think she's my favorite at the currently. That is, that's so much fun. And I love the idea of that werewolf character. It just is. Oh, of course my furry coworker has something to add to that. Love it. (laughs) Never fails. I do an interview and my dog has to speak up. (laughs) Hey, she heard us talking about puppies and werewolves. So just wants to be involved. (laughs) I've got experience of being a puppy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, actually, my main character, her name is Noema Wolf. And her last name is Wolf because my, um, the lore that I have created for my little fantasy type world is that she once you turn as a werewolf you can't remember anything of your former life so part of the mystery of the overarching storyline of the whole series is her trying to remember and find out what her old life was before she turned into a werewolf so she doesn't have a last name she just goes by wolf (laughs) that's great so as a 
paranormal cozy author do you have other authors that have influenced your writing or would you that you would say were, 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 this is why we edit are your heroes <laughs> currently my favorite paranormal author is definitely danielle garrett um i love her beachwood ghost mysteries i just think that they're hilarious her little grumpy cat that's a ghost is just my favorite character he's so funny um and i say yeah she's her, her and her quirky characters have totally inspired my paranormal writing. <laughs> oh, that's great. So if you and your main character sat down to coffee or whatever your preferred caffeine intake is, what would they get and what would you get? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, so for, with Noema Wolf, she doesn't drink any kind of coffee. She's all about Diet Pepsi and Diet Dr. Pepper. That's what she drinks constantly, even for breakfast. I think there's a scene where she's rushing out the door and all she has is Diet Pepsi for breakfast. So that is definitely her caffeine of choice for me. <laughs> I don't drink soda. I don't like anything bubbly. So I would be the one getting the coffee. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so when you're not writing these great sounding books... What hobbies do you do? Uh, well, I always do Wordle every single day, which is the New York Times word puzzle. That's just, I get it from doing it online. Anything that's like that. So I love Sudoku. Um, do that almost every day too. Um, other than reading, of course, reading lots of mysteries. Uh, like I said, I do lots of escape rooms. I have built an escape room once before just for friends and family. So that was a lot of fun to put together all the clues and the little pieces. Uh, I used to be really crafty and I had lots of um, fabric that I would use for quilting and I would crochet and knit. But since my kids came into the picture, I got rid of a lot of that, and I think I just need to get back into it when they're older. They're not quite um, old enough to not make messes out of those types of things. So when they're older, I'll get back into the crafting. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Uh, okay, dog, move on. <laughs> so how can my snoops and sleuths follow you? Um, let's see, I'm very active on TikTok. Um, I'm also active in the Cozy Mystery Village and the Cozy Mystery Party pages on Facebook. I do have an author Facebook page and a Instagram. And I think almost everything is now under Emily Fluke Fairy Tales, which should probably be updated to mysteries. But I like the flow of the fluke and fairy tales. So I've kind of kept it that. So you can find me under Emily Fl author Emily Fluke on Facebook or Emily Fluke Fairy Tales on Instagram and uh, author Emily Fluke on TikTok. I also have a newsletter as well. And I'll be sure to include the links in the show's notes. Uh, I can't believe how fast this time has flown. It's been so crazy fast. But here we are at the last question. What is one complaint your characters would have about you as an author? Oh, man. Other than getting them in all these sticky situations? Well, let's see. Probably, <laughs> oof, probably infusing the actual experiences of being a mom into their lives, which are the 
because I like to get into the difficult parts too. We have lots of sentimental, sweet scenes of the moms with their, their children, but I also have plenty of the, oh, you know, breaking up the fights between the kids and the kids interrupting when they're in the middle of an investigation or the kids getting in fights with each other. Uh, I definitely have Noema arguing with her children not to shift into their wolf form on run to school when it's a rainy day because she doesn't want them to have the wet dog smell when they get to school. (laughs) And of course, I haven't experienced quite that, but it's kind of similar and relatable to, you know, telling my kids to put their coat on and they don't want to. So I think maybe giving them those little annoyances would be what they're most angry at me about. (laughs) That's great. But I want it to be relatable and I want to give both sides of it too the the good and the maybe a little more frustrating parts. <laughs> right. Oh, that is, I love that answer. That is one of the best. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's been great talking with you and I'm so glad we could get together on and do this interview. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. I love um, answering the questions and getting to know you and meeting another Paranormal Cozy author. (laughs) Well, Snips and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on The Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my Snips and Sleuths for joining me on this journey. And if you're a cozy mystery author out there who'd like to come on and talk about your book, reach out to me at www.thecozysleuth.com slash contacts and we'll get you on the show. If you want to listen to live Cozy Mysteries read on the air, check out the Cozy Mystery Rats Maze wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, this is Leanna Shield saying keep cozy.